Welcome to People in Exile, where we have conversations, host interviews, discuss books, and engage with the Bible to help believers live out their faith in an unbelieving world. Welcome to this episode of People in Exile. I'm your host for this episode, Christopher Chambers, middle name Sherman, in fact, uh, and I am here with... Stop, 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 stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Middle name Sherman? Yeah, yeah, just keep, just keep plowing along, man. The, okay. Who is this? I'm the Ben Ellis. And middle name? Uh, Alan. Alan. Andrew Chamberlain, middle, middle name? name Owen. Owen, yeah. Owen. So, you know who we have on our show? AOC? AOC. We got AOC on our AOC. I'm the original. <laughs> He's the OG. I have AOC. a. I had a green d- new deal. Yeah. Nobody read that one. Yeah. <laughs> what was that about? Uh, no, <laughs> yes, no idea. Yeah. Mortality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Opposite of Burger King. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, AOC and the. Uh, what was your middle name? Alan. Is that A L L E N or A L A N? He's Bay. What's up, Bay? Be <laughs> I feel like we should start over because this is supposed to be our serious episode. It's uh, too good of an yeah, intro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we could we could cut this, use it for the first one, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then uh, go from there. So yeah, Bay and Yeah, and sure, you just call me Sherm. Sherm. Yeah, yeah. So all right, here we go. So I don't even know where we are exactly. Uh, Matthew chapter five, Sermon yep. on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount. So in our last episode, talking about the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes in particular, we got through pure in heart, right? Uh, what we've talked about uh, up to this point is uh, the idea that we look at all of the Beatitudes, we take them all as, as a collective whole. Uh, we're not to take each one of them individually and say, all right, well, blessed are the blank, or this is the promise, that's what we, each, each individual has. However, we look at it as a collective whole. So uh, this in this particular episode, uh, we are looking at the final two. Uh, so this is verse 9, 10, and 11, and 12 even. Says this: Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Uh, verse ten: Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, right? For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse eleven: Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. And verse twelve: Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And so, uh, as we continue to see, and I, I think it was, uh, uh, you know, one of the commentaries uh, that, that we were looking at uh, in, in, in the study of this shows that each says that each of these get more and more difficult. Uh, I don't think any of us would disagree uh, that to to engage intentionally engage in the act of peacemaking is a difficult task. Number one, because you're entering into conflict, right? And number two. Um, being persecuted, right? Putting yourself in a position to be persecuted again, not not just because uh, uh, you're a, you're a jerk, or, or not just because uh, you know you do something that is offensive, uh, but for righteousness' sake, right? Willingly take on that persecution, and then and then Jesus even goes further than that and says, "Those who are persecuted, what should your uh, response be?" Uh, he says, "Rejoice and be glad." Right uh, for for those purposes. So that's what we're looking at today. We're going to start with the uh, with the peacemakers. Uh, blessed are the peacemakers, right? For they shall be called sons of God. Yeah. So the starting with the peacemakers, the first thought that comes to my mind is this idea of I don't enjoy conflict, mm-hmm. and so if I'm going to be a peacemaker, you you said this earlier, you've got to get into conflict. Like you're going to get into like a situation where there's conflict. So. Yeah. You know, there's this idea that sometimes I really try to run with in life is like, look, 
if this doesn't bother me or if this doesn't um you know if this isn't something that's in my realm then just let me stay out of it you know i don't want to get involved you know there's that saying like not my monkey not my circus or something like that you know that mentality so i think there is you know there's probably some truth to that because you know scripture teaches you know very clearly that we're to you know live in essence like a quiet and peaceful life and not just try to stir in you know get in involved unnecessarily with certain things but I would imagine that the text isn't necessarily leading us to there. It's leading us to the fact that regardless if you want to stay away from things, there's going to be trouble in this world, as Jesus said in John 16. And so there's challenge. And there's a, I think you would probably take this at a, not that these things should be separate, but you, if you want to, for the sake of conversation, a spiritual side of this where you're making, you know, you're reconciling people to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a Second Corinthians five seventeen yeah, yeah. or eighteen, and then there's a physical or a you know more of a temporal where you're dealing with conflict in everyday life type of situations that you're called to come in and and maybe restore order or peace. So, so it's the, 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 we can say the vertical and the horizontal. Sure, kind of that's, a, that's yeah. a good good yeah. way of saying it. So, if you look at the vertical one first, I mean, you know, each one of us have taught the word of God. Each one of us have communicated to non-believers and and when we do that and we represent God as an ambassador again as Paul would say then I would say we're entering into that peacemaking deal and um, it's not always easy it's not you know there's people who will and I think it's interesting kind of goes to the persecution next because it seems that that's when a lot of times Mm -hmm. persecution can happen because especially like yeah you're an idiot or do something against you or whatever so uh, you know that that spiritual one. I think we've all done. Hopefully, we've been a part of that, especially around this table. Um, but yeah, that's where I kind of where it starts. A big opening for me. But yeah. Yeah. that's good. Yeah, yeah. I think I think peacemakers. I think this is one of those things that's kind of twofold in the many ways. I think one of the things, uh, you know, just holding this through, you know, is, is just to remind our listeners. One of the things that that I hold is that the 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 Beatitudes really are a step of a step through the gospel and how that gospel continues to impact us. So as we look at peacemakers, we look at this idea of pure in heart, then going into peacemakers, and then going into persecution, just as Andrew said. There's this idea here that this is a built character of the believer as we're going through this. If this is if this is kind of one of those things that's really difficult, and it's one of those things that I, you know I don't want to to say that oh I look at somebody else's life and I'm like hey look you are really bad at you know making peace with people so you're probably not saved. But it's one of those sort of self-tests that you kind of look at and go, what am I doing? Am I really doing something to advance the idea of peace, not only within my immediate sphere, but in my community? Or am I a person who is reveling in the conflict of it uh, or just ignoring the conflict of it, of my community? And how do I kind of do that in, in meaningful ways? Uh, to do those kind of things. And I think that really is the built character of the believer, that the believer is not somebody who's going to sit back and watch things just disintegrate to chaos, but rather is going to endeavor to bring peace. Again, going all the way back to, you know, what is why did we start this conversation with the three of us in the first place? We started it because we wanted to figure out some ways to help not only ourselves, but people who might listen to this podcast. How do you pursue the good of your city? Right, yeah. and you can't pursue the good of your city if you're sitting on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. It's just not possible. It's a good point because that verse is, I mean, that's right there, right there with what you're talking about there. It's great. So, when when we were when we first started looking at at this, one of the things that we uh, also contemplated was the idea 
that there is no greater example uh, of uh, the Beatitudes, right, than Jesus Christ, right? In fact, he sure. is, in all reality, the only example that we have uh, of someone living out, bearing out, right, uh, in, mm -hmm. in its totality, um, the Beatitudes. And so here we are, we're, we're, we're firmly in the middle of, uh, you know, the Christmas season, right, at this point, mm -hmm. uh, and, and Advent season and, and celebrating the, the incarnation of Christ. Um, and uh, again, that was the ultimate act of peacemaking, right? Sure. Uh, that, uh, that Christ uh, uh, came to earth for our sake, uh, knowing that he would be persecuted, which again, we'll get to that here in a, uh, in a moment. But um, the promise here that we have is, blessed are the peacemakers, right? For they shall be called sons of God or children of God, depending upon mm -hmm. uh, your translation. I think it's D.A. Carson uh, in his uh, commentary on this who actually makes a distinction between those two. He, he feels like sons of God is a better, um, is a better uh, translation uh, than it is children of God. Uh, he makes this point, the idea of, uh, of Jesus, right, uh, being called uh, the son of God, right, as, as the son of God. Uh, it's this idea that that you know only begotten, right? It's the idea that uh, that that, um, uh, and, and again, I think children has has the same kind of idea, but he, he makes a distinction between uh, between the two terms. Uh, nonetheless, the point being, uh, why would an individual be called the sons of God? Because they are acting like, right? They are acting like uh, uh, God Himself. They're, they they are imitating uh, Jesus Christ, right? The ultimate peacemaker. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and like you said, there's 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 a there's a vertical aspect of this, which which I think is the ultimate right uh, point here. Uh, if, you, if you go, in fact, just a few verses later, uh, here in the salt and light section, uh, verse 16, he says this, you know, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father uh, who is in heaven. And so, you know, if, if the idea, if our whole purpose was simply to get saved, right, then as soon as we're saved, what would happen? We'd be taken. We'd be gone, right? There'd be no reason for us to stay, but that's not a point. That's not, again, as we talked about in the previous episode about leaving the candle candlelight service, right? And the mm -hmm. idea of passing uh, the light on and on and on. Um, that's why we're here. He, he, he and if, over in Ephesians 2.10, right? He's created uh, works, good works for us, right? To step into, right? Uh, as well. And so that's what we're called to do, to step into those things. And part of it is going to be uh, peacemaking, like you said, both ver vertically and, and horizontally. So the vertical one I would agree with. And in and, and, and some ways, I think that's actually an easier one for us to talk through mm -hmm. because I think it's our, especially around this table, that's our bend. We care about the, you know, the soul of yeah humanity and we want people to be right with God and and mm -hmm. and and all that is I mean a very that's great that's great stuff and you know we talk about we are people in exile so one of the challenges I think it's harder with this one is the vertical in a way because the horizontal excuse me yeah, yeah. I'm sorry horizontal because you know I was thinking through a scenario like what if you're in a situation like we find ourselves often in our country where you've got if you really think about the solutions they're two bad solutions mm -hmm. there's not two there's not like it's not just like you have one good solution and one bad solution and it's like easy to go to the good but you're dealing with the bad uh excuse me you're dealing with too bad you know and i think that's harder for believers because you know you're dealing with a a culture that is it's just not at peace you know and you know we've dealt with race let's think of race relations right now i mean as an example, you're dealing with like you've got situations where you've had, you you know, it seems like some camps want to like pit cops against black people mm -hmm. or cops against minorities mm -hmm. or, you know, these types of things. And you can see, well, there's there's problems in both sides. You know, there's you know, and, and when you start to step into those kind of conversations and and try to lead in that, 
you can get persecuted, you can get reviled, you can get all the things that happen because it, those are just hard things to deal with, you know. And so I guess my initial point was I think sometimes because the vertical, we have such a pure option versus mm-hmm. such an impure option, it's almost like an easier conversation than when you're starting to deal with this sinful man and that sinful woman and this sinful woman and that sinful man. So I, I don't think, know if that helps, but I think that's hard, and I think that's a hard thing to process. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think it is hard, too, because at the end of the day, there is a sense in which two people can hold two disparate and different ideas but still be at peace. And that's the thing, is that when we deal with it from a vertical perspective, we recognize that because God is not sinful, that God is pure and holy and perfect, and then we are sinful, we realize that peace for that means that we have to agree with him. But we also recognize that in a world full of people who are operating on the same playing level, the same playing field, that peace between parties may not mean that they come to some level of agreement per se, but rather that they can disagree in meaningful ways, but still be at peace with one another. And I think those are different things. I don't think peace in the sense necessarily means agreement on all accounts, but it's certainly, and again, this is one of those reasons why I think this is dealing more with the transformed character of the believer than it is any particular uh, intellectual uh, intellectual set, because what I think Jesus is really pointing at here is this is who you are, and this is why I think he goes peacemakers, and then the promise for peacemakers is that they should be sons of God, right? Ultimately, our agreement is always going to be with God, yeah. right? But you don't see Jesus going around lashing out at unbelievers and being in conflict with unbelievers yeah. from the perspective of like, hey, look, you hold a different set of ideas. He's like, look, my role here, my goal here is to bring you before the Father. I that's have, what I'm trying to do. And I think that's good, but I want to put one challenge to that. The, the predecessor to Christ is John the Baptist, correct? We would say, like, sure. the one preparing the way. This is something that's always challenged me. The reason he was martyred was not because he was sharing the gospel. The reason he was martyred was because he called out the sin of a non-believer. Right. And that one's always hit me. You know, because in my, if I'm hearing Ben correctly, okay, you've got... Ben, correct me if I'm wrong in some of what you just said there, but due to the reward of this text, it seems like this text is leading more to a vertical type of peacemaking. Well, is that a, is that too easy or is that too simplistic of a summation of what you said? Yeah, I think it is because I think there, I think as you can be the person pursuing peace, but pursuing peace does not guarantee peace, right? Like your goal, again, again, this is a horizontal conversation, right? So let's stick within in the example that you gave. So I think it's actually a really good one, right? What the John the Baptist? The John the Baptist one, yeah, yeah, and John the Baptist ultimately becomes beheaded, yeah, right. I mean, that's that's the end of John's story in that from that particular perspective, right? So John the Baptist calls out sin for what it is, and and I don't think that this idea of peacemakers is indicative of saying we shouldn't be calling out sin. Like this is this is not a sense of like we're just trying to cover it over and make everybody happy. That's not. I mean, that's not even actual peace, right? the, the idea is, from that perspective, is that John's role is to call out, is to call out in truth, right, what is sin, but what was, what was, the, what was the actions of the other person, right? And that's, and that's why I think the disconnect is, is because John was beheaded by the acts of a sinful person who didn't want to be called out. So they're reacting from a sinful, pers- from, from a sinful angle into what is an attempt to create peace. Right, because ultimately peace isn't defined 
purely on that horizontal level. Yeah, because that's a good peace because peace has a vertical definition. It has to, or if it doesn't, then it's it, there's no anchor to it. There's nothing. Absolutely. So I think Absolutely. the challenge then becomes as a believer: when do you, you know, we've have a lot of hot topic type of issues, and I kind of mm-hmm. mentioned one today. When do you just let things settle versus when do you dive into those? And when you choose to dive in, are you diving in from a peacemaking way versus a, I just want to spew my opinion way? And I think that's what's really really difficult because. You know, we were kind of having this conversation in our life group yesterday, in a way, because we were talking about um, how you love your enemies and when mm-hmm. are you supposed mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. tell someone like, hey, no, you've been offensive or you have hurt or you've done something wrong mm-hmm. versus when do you just let that go? And, and I got to be honest, I think that's a really hard conversation, especially mm-hmm. when you're talking about peacemaking and you're talking about believers interacting with the non-believing world. Mm-hmm. Go back to our namesake, people in exile. You're dealing with the Jewish people that were in exile in a pagan nation. Mm-hmm. Take Daniel. Mm-hmm. Daniel said, look, I, I, don't, I, I'm, I can't eat this food. I can't eat it. This against it. Give me 10 days to show that I'm just as healthy as everybody else for not eating it. But it seems as if, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't mean to take the conversation here, but Daniel would have ate the food if he wouldn't have come off. Like, if he, it, the way I interpret Daniel 1 is that, like, he really meant, like, hey, give me this amount of time, and if I don't look it, then I'll eat it, so to speak. And, and I think, but I think what's important, too, even in that situation, is that Daniel is in the midst of a relationship, right? So it's like, like, granted, he's got these guards, they're, they have a specific role over him. Their role is to make sure that Daniel and his companions eat the food that's set before them and just or they'll lose be, their life, be quiet fun. and do it, right? Yeah. But at the same time, Daniel's like, look, let me build a relationship with you. Let me do this for 10 days. Let me let 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 me satisfy your need, the need that me and my companions remain healthy. Let me see. Let, let me show you that I can do that within ten days. Like he wagered everything, and he said, "Look, if at the end of ten days, we'll change. If it's not working, we'll change." And that's my point because, like, like he, okay, think about that. If he would have changed, he would have been breaking ceremonial law. Right, but I think a lot of that has to do with. His confidence in what God was going to yeah. do. Oh, dead on. So, I don't so, so I think that's where it comes in. Is that as, as peacemakers, our role is to trust that God will do what he says he's going to do. And I think that that's, that's how you navigate some of that. Is you kind of understand where God is coming from and or understand why what God is doing. And this, is, again, goes back to the worldview conversation as well. It does. Individual commands are not necessarily just about the individual commands, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I think, again, I'm going to say this and I'm going to turn it over to Chris. This idea of doing the vertical, I mean, excuse me, the horizontal is, I think is the really challenging one because you go back to like a Rahab, you know, she's, how does she make peace to keep the Israelites alive? She lies. Absolutely. Would you teach any of your kids to lie? You know, like, I think the thing that I'm getting at is this, is that. There's got to be a lot of grace. There's got to be a lot of discernment. There's got to yeah. be a lot of in tune, in stepped with God if you're going to be about this in the horizontal way because you're going to be dealing with a lot of challenging situations. I, I, I'm just looking over here at Romans 12 and 18, of course, says, if possible, right, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all, right? Um, and so we can look at that and say, okay, well, there we go. We have our answer. But, but again, let's take a look at what looks at, what, what comes before that contextually. Just, I'm going to read through this, uh, I don't, I, again, just for time's sake, because we need to move into that last beatitude here in just a moment. Uh, but here's what leads up to that, right? It says this, let love be genuine, right? Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. 
Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Uh, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, right? Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. And do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight, uh, which is a difficult thing, isn't it? Uh, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. And then we get that verse. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably uh, with all. And, and, you know, he goes on to say, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, uh, says the Lord. And so, you know, even, even looking at that, moving into this last beatitude, uh, 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 right? Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, right? Uh, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And there we have that, that promise once again. We have that promise in the very first beatitude. Uh, blessed are the, the poor in spirit, uh, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And then here we come back to this, the, the kingdom of heaven, uh, here in the last beatitude. Um, as well. And so, again, it's not about us. You get to this point, right, uh, in the Beatitudes, we, we understand it, this whole thing, this whole exercise, this whole earth, world, everything that, that's around us is not about us, right? There's not a single piece of it that is. You mentioned the worldview uh, a moment ago. Uh, the worldview that we have outside of the gospel is the complete opposite. It is all about me. Right, mm -hmm. it, 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 the world revolves around me, and, 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 and whatever whatever I desire is my highest good, whatever that is, whatever it looks like. It doesn't matter what what laws say. It doesn't matter what the rules are. It doesn't matter what what social mores are. If my highest good, if this is what I desire, right, our world now tells us, hey, you need to go after that, and that's your truth, right? Even mm -hmm. if it's not true at all, uh, that that's what that's what we're we're, we're looking for. Um, you got you got both of you like you got some kind of no, I'm. I'm I, I'm I, I don't have a response yet. I think you're going on to some really good thing there. So just keep rolling. Uh, well, he, he, here's where here's where this uh, Clarence Jordan, this is where, uh, Pastor Ben, you mentioned this or Ben or, or Alan, I should say. Uh, you mentioned uh, sure thing, sure. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You pointed me on to this and um, Sherm the worm. That's Oh boy. So here's what he says. He, he's talking about this particular section about the persecuted. Why in the world? Because this, this is something I think that, that I've always you know looked at and kind of been like, ah, I'm not sure how, how to handle this. In my mind, the thought is, hey, if you are in, if you're intentionally seeking good righteousness, if you're intentionally seeking those things, well, there's not going to be people around you who are going to look at that and, and somehow you know revile you or, or persecute you or slay. It's not going to happen, right? Uh, but he he says this, and I think it's I think it's helpful for us. He said, it, it, it is difficult to be indifferent to a wide awake Christian, a real live child of God. It is even more difficult to be indifferent to a whole body of Christians. You can hate them, you can love them, but one thing is certain, you cannot ignore them. He said, there's something about them that won't let you. It isn't so much what they say, it isn't so much what they do. The thing that seems to haunt you is what they are, right? Who they are. Yeah, right? And that goes back to that character building kind of mentality as we go through that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, he, he, and just, just to finish this thought, he says, you can't put them out of your mind any more than you can shake off your shadow. He says, they confront you, right? Here's where, here's where the, the peacemaking turns into persecution. They confront you with an entirely different way of life, a new way of thinking, a changed set of values, and a higher standard of righteousness. In short, they face you with the kingdom of God on earth, and, and you have to either accept it or you have to reject it. 
Right? But again, that indifference isn't, isn't, isn't possible. And I think that's a good way to lead into this idea of persecution because here's the reality. Many people that have been persecuted uh, severely, okay, the reason they have been persecuted is because they have been a mirror to other somebody else and that somebody else mm-hmm. is... And, and in a way, I think they're trying to punish themselves mm-hmm. for what they see in that other person. Yeah. It's like... You know, think of it this way. Have you ever, you know, have you ever been so envious of somebody, you know, and you just get angry? You know, you're like, oh, man, I wish I had. What? Okay. It's yeah. that. I think it's that same thing. I think it's a form of judgment. I think it's just like this. It's a mirror, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think that's interesting because your initial thought was what? Man, how could this happen if people yeah. are doing these good things? Yeah. In essence, right? Yeah. Um, but it's not so much about that. It's about what? It's revealing their own soul. And thus mm-hmm. it's creating this, this thing. What's interesting, though, is, and again, I know... All of these statements are connected, and we're not trying to do them individually, and I think that's wise. Uh, So with that, I think it is interesting that peacemaking is the... Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and and I don't mean to go back to my previous conversation. I just think it's quite fascinating that when you have a believer step into situations, Mm -hmm. and you could, you know, I talked about uh, John the Baptist, but you could talk about a lot of other believers... Uh, throughout history, when they've stepped into some situations, what that's caused them, you know, mm-hmm. they've come at it from pure motive, yeah. seeking the welfare, seeking the good, and yet it creates what? Conflict, challenge, persecution, all these things, because again, they are acting as what? A mirror to society, and they're saying, like, this is the standard, and so forth. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know if there's a lot more f- that I can add to that. I just think it's a fascinating point. I think it's something that as a believer you need to be prepared mm-hmm. for. You don't need to be fearful of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think there's a fear causing thing. It shouldn't be. It it, it should be what? A realization. Mm-hmm. And then also, um and in and maybe in an odd way, but I think this is where the text leads. And it it's not only here, but it's also in the book of James, where it's what? You rejoice in these things yeah. because once once you start to see that then you know what, man, God's really working through you and things are happening and so forth. So it's uh, it's a rejoicing element. Yeah. The, 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 and I'll just point over and then ben, we got something. Martin Lloyd-Jones, talking about Martin lloyd he, he, he makes a point too when he's talking about persecution. I think a lot of times as human beings, right, we we don't always get along with other individuals, right? Uh, we're human beings, so we, we have personality conflicts, we have other issues. And so sometimes that can lead to conflict, right? As a believer, uh, if we suddenly believe that there's this conflict over here that's because of there's a personality conflict, this persecution, right? We're, we're, we're missing that, right? <laughs> that's not necessarily the, that's not what Jesus is talking about yeah. here, right? Uh, he, he says, you know, what, what, what this doesn't say is blessed are the persecuted because they are objectionable. Right, and just because uh, 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 they are individually, they are difficult. It doesn't say blessed are the persecuted because they are fanatical, right, uh, or overzealous. It doesn't say blessed are uh, they that are persecuted for a cause, even, right. Yeah. Uh, or, or finally, uh, uh, it does not mean suffer, suffering persecution uh, for religio uh, political reasons, right. It, it, it says blessed are those who are persecuted. For righteousness' sake, and then and then he even goes on to, to expound upon that in verse eleven uh, when he says, you know, when people revile you and, and, and slander you and say all these things about you for what on my account, yep. right, right, on the account of Christ, and so he kind of defines even what what that righteousness' sake uh, is talking about. Yeah, I'll add one thing to there because persecution was a is a subject I studied quite a bit earlier on, or, or not? It's not a subject I've been studying lately. I'm saying earlier in my life. Anyway. Um, one of the things that really fascinated me was 
how Peter talks about this, and and Peter talks about this is a little spinoff what you're saying. Like mm-hmm. Peter's like, if you, if, and this is Andrew's translation, but if you go to jail because you did something wrong, don't say that you were persecuted. Yeah, right, you know, right. that's not persecution. Right. Persecution is not any kind of in, any. It's not it's not a catch all for every problem you right. face in life. Absolutely. You know, persecution is a very specific. Mm-hmm thing that happens to believers because they carry the name of the Lord Jesus yeah. Christ yeah. and our battles never against flesh and blood so when we're entering into that persecution thing it is what there is something spiritual going on yeah. that is higher than our thinking yeah. and our process and and for the challenge of it we endure it but for the blessing of it there is a we know that we're entering into that fellowship with God that is a unique special fellowship and that's something if you hear people that have been persecuted and you hear their stories and, you know, Richard Wombrand, I would recommend, you know, Torture for Christ. Uh, if anybody wants to read a, in my opinion, probably one of the best resources and challenging, frankly, read read Richard Wombrand, Torture for Christ. You can sense through that, through that endeavor that there is a closeness and a uniqueness and a joy that comes with the Lord that... It's hard to explain, you know, and uh, so I, I think you should, when we have these conversations of persecution, I think we should always end them on the positive because mm-hmm. why? Even though they persecuted the Lord, what happened to him? Three days later, yeah. amen, you know, and so there is a positive end to these things and there's, it's, it's higher than we can understand right now. Yeah. And, and you mentioned Torture for Christ. Uh, another couple books, uh, got Nick Ripkin's and Pen Name. Oh, yeah. Uh, Insanity yeah, of yeah. God or Insanity of Obedience. Uh, he goes through, you know. and, and Somalia, goes, right? Uh, well, the, yeah, that's one of the places. He, he goes uh, to China. He goes to a lot of, lot of places on the crowd church. Uh, the, 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 you know, where, where, where the church is being persecuted heavily, mm-hmm. uh, being imprisoned, mm-hmm. uh, killed. And, uh, and he talks to these believers. And, and so you want to get a little insight into what that looks like. Uh, of course, you know. Again, we, we don't we don't really know what it looks like when we. I got to meet. I was in a uh, I was in a country one time that was uh, bordering a very highly persecuted area, and this gentleman had fled there. He was captured. He was captured by ISIS. He was an evangelist, and uh, he was held in one of their prisons. And he was sharing. It was. I'm telling you, just being in the dude's presence yeah. was like whoa. You know, it was yeah. very. Yeah. And so that kind. Well, that's kind of interesting. I said that because that kind of goes back to what you said earlier that. That, that whole idea, it's not what we do, it's just who we are, you know. And and as a believer, you know, I didn't have the desire to persecute him. Yeah. As a believer, I was like, wow, I yeah. feel like this is something right now, and, you know. And just, just along those lines, again, I think it's also so important for us to, to keep in mind when, when we hear that idea, who we are, what that doesn't mean is that we, me, I, oh, yeah. right, any good. of us are innately better than yeah. right, any, anybody else. The only reason there's any good that comes out of us is because the Holy Spirit that has indwelled yeah. us. So it's the Holy Spirit uh, working out through us, uh, changing us, transform, transforming us, right? Renewing our minds, all of those things is taking place. And so I think I think sometimes non-believers especially can hear that. They go, oh, okay, you think you're somehow yeah, you know, a good point. better than I am. That's simply not uh, not the case. Yeah, well, I felt like I cut you off. Was there another resource you were going to say after the insanity of no, God? No, the insanity of God and insanity of obedience. Oh, Again, both, both of them by, by him. Uh, just to kind of really, him just putting down on paper the things that he Say his name again. Nick Ripken, Nick N-I-K, Ripken. Ripken. Yeah. Um, ben, where you at, man? Um, think. I know. <laughs> no, you guys have actually covered a lot of, of ground here on just the idea of Yeah, we were carrying your weight today, bud. You really were, man. You really were. <laughs> uh, no kidding. Uh, so, yeah, no, I think I think one of the big things there is you're looking at that. Remember that, that uh, 
persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, really does tie into, you tie into verse 11, but people insult you and persecute you falsely, uh, and say all kinds of people think of you because of me, right? This is the idea there. Like, righteousness is not just like this exercise and things that we do, but like it is innately tied to to who we are in Christ. And it's that, it is that tie that begins that, like you're just talking about the transformative nature that really causes us to do and live differently in all those kind of other areas. And so we see that in this transformative nature, we see this change, and that's actually going to set us apart from the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why the Beatitude just before peacemaking is so fundamentally important, Mm -hmm. because where we are, we have to recognize that we are not better than those around us, but we are different, you know, and there's a very significant deal there, because on our own, we are absolutely no better than anybody else because we're still fall failing human beings. Yeah. We are still creatures who have fallen and have a sin nature. But at the same time, we are fundamentally different because that nature is being transformed versus the world, which is not. Yeah. What, remind all of us one more time. What are the promises again attached to peacemakers? and Peacemakers, the, they will be called sons of God and okay. persecuted uh, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Okay. I mean, those are massive promises. Yeah. You know, and that's maybe a good place to end. To end on those positive sides, like yeah, absolutely. The, the one thing I will mention, I, you know, again, it, it, we, we've mentioned this, but I, you know, I'm teaching through this. You're teaching through Andrew as well. Kind of been uh, studied in great detail in the past, and uh, uh, the sermon on the mount we're talking about. One of the things that one of the individuals mentioned yesterday, which I thought was a really good point, is this idea that as we as we grow in Christ, as we as we continue in our um, relationship with Christ day in and day out. Uh, he said, "Sometimes I, I, what's going to happen is is you will even be surprised at the way that you respond to certain circumstances or certain things." Yeah. And I never really thought about that, but but the no, truth it's is, odd that came up in our class too. Really? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, Sorry, no, no, no. Cool. But, but again, that, I think I think there's some truth in that, right? Oh yeah, in definitely. That, if, if I go back ten years, fifteen years, twenty years, thirty years, whatever, and and, and I'm looking, you can go back thirty years. I can't. <laughs> And I could think back at, you know, how would I have responded to this situation uh, if, if I had done this? And then how, how have I just responded to this situation today? Again, that should be surprising, right, right yeah, to us. good point. Because we've changed. We should have changed. If we haven't changed, right, I think there's some... Another there's conversation. Some, a whole other conversation to have, absolutely. Yeah, so I want to... I want to I do want to hit the promise one more time because yeah. that's the thing I feel like I feel challenged by every sure. time we've yeah, done yeah. one of these is Absolutely. we hit hard on the front end yeah. but we don't get the promise as much and I feel like to some degree that's an injustice because you know this the statement is twofold it's the thing so the promise son of God and you did hit on that so you know the difference that D.A. Carson put there versus children which was very interesting and then the kingdom of God uh, the kingdom of God I believe kingdom of heaven yeah um, and you said how that's kind of how the Beatitudes start, and that's how they end, right? That's the... Yeah, and very, well, very, and very, yes, exactly. I and mean, in verse 12, the note even goes on and says, Rejoice and be glad, right? Mm-hmm. For your reward uh, is great in heaven. Yeah. That's the, the, kind of how he ends that. And section. that's the thing, you know, Michelle, my wife, we were having this conversation a couple, I don't know, last week, and we were just talking about, you know, the busyness of life and how how much we got going on, and, you know, we, we, we were happy with that but at the same time it's like it's it, it takes a little bit out of you and, and we're talking about how we're you know we're really trying to lead our family and yeah. other people we want them to see christ and, and i just had this really assuring moment with with god um right before michelle and i had this conversation is that there's coming a day of rest mm-hmm. you know like hebrews talks about that if i'm not mistaken that it's a rest and when you see these promises and you're going through this thing you have to understand mm-hmm. that Yes, that's a portion, 
this is a portion. Peacemaking is a portion, and there's a challenge to it, and there may be persecution. But if you compare that on the weight or a scale, the, the promise is just so much more. I mean, you're, you're, you're called into the family of God, and you will be with him forever. I mean... I don't. I mean, I don't know. There's. We could talk about that in you know flowery language, I suppose. But I mean, it's just a big deal, and I hope that every believer out there can continue to remember that there is a point to this. This isn't arbitrary. We're not just doing this to do it. This yeah. isn't. You know, there is a, there is a glorious end. So I'll yeah, kind of leave it at that. Yeah, and, and Romans, you know, eight eighteen says that you know, Apostle Paul says this. For I consider that the sufferings right of this present time, which certainly uh, could entail uh, some persecution, right, are not worth comparing with the yeah. glory that is to reveal to be revealed uh, to us. Uh, again, we we can't even fathom what yeah. that is or what that. No means. eye has seen, no yeah. ears heard, right? Yeah. And yet we know, right? We've yeah. been promised. We know that the promise will come to fruition. So maybe that's uh, encourage everybody out there. You're yeah. going through it. You're in this world. Yeah. It's challenging, but just know that there's a day coming. Yeah. And it feels like it's getting quicker and quicker. I mean, yeah. you know, we, I, we were talking. We joked a little bit in a couple episodes ago about our age, but how quick, man? How quick 2020 has went mm-hmm. by, even if challenging yeah. of a year. Yeah. You know, it's like. Here we are, what, December 7th? And, yeah. You know, just keeps on going. It does. So. It's not slowing down. Yeah. But let's, uh, you want to close the word prayer? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Father, as we look at this, uh, as we look at your word, I, I feel like we're always, there's three things kind of happening in my mind. I'm challenged, uh, I'm encouraged, and I'm just really inspired. And Father, the challenge part comes to, Lord, help us today to be peacemakers. Lord, help us as, as people in exile to be peacemakers with those around us and ultimately for eternity and lord i pray that as we're endeavoring in this peacemaking business as we're ambassadors that lord when persecution comes when challenges of people who do not respond in a way that's honoring unto you comes i pray lord that we would rejoice as your word teaches and that we would stay firm in your faith and lord i pray today that uh, we would be encouraged uh, greatly by the fact that you've given us such reward. You haven't just laid out this to, to be something to do, but Father, you've laid this out in preparation for the reward that's to come. And so, Lord, I pray that our hearts and our minds would be fixated on the fact that, uh, on that fact, and we would rejoice greatly. Thank you for these men and the time that they've taken to talk about your word. And Lord, I thank you for those who listen. Um, and Lord, I pray that you would bless and encourage them. We love you and we pray these things in your holy name. Amen. Thanks, guys. As always, thank you for listening to People in Exile. For more information, visit the website, peopleinexile.com, and make sure to follow us on Facebook. Until next time, keep praying and seeking the welfare of your city.